Hi there. You're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show, where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Billable hours. That's what we're talking about today. Wait, don't press the fast forward. Don't jump to the next episode. I promise you, this is going to be interesting to you. So billable hours, the two dirty words that no one wants to talk about. Look, I was there. I lived my life in six-minute increments starting right out of college. I only ever worked for big defense firms with big billable hour targets. It sure would have been nice if someone sat me down 30 years ago when I first started my paralegal job and said, by the way, here's why it's so important for you to meet that Bill Blower goal that we've set for you. And oh, here's how you can actually do that. If you happen to be a paralegal mentor, and if you're mentoring a new hire right now, one of the best things you can do for their career is to frankly boldly and clearly explain to those new paralegals that no one else wants to say out loud. Pay attention to your numbers. They matter. So for this episode, we're going to go back to the basics of the critical numbers that every paralegal should know if you're working in a law firm with a billable hour requirement. And even if you're not, this is going to be handy, especially with the job market the way it is. You could find yourself going from a plaintiff's firm to a defense firm, and now having to do billable hours. So these three key numbers, they are utilization, realization, and productivity. Let's break down each of those. So what is paralegal utilization? Well, it's the percentage of your time that is entered into the timekeeping system as billable to a client file compared to the amount of your time that the firm has budgeted for you to bill. In other words, How much of your work time is being spent on billable work? It looks something like this. You've billed 1,200 hours. Those are actual hours that you entered into the timekeeping system, not what's been paid or collected, just hours that you entered into the timekeeping system as billable. Let's say your firm has a 1,500-hour billable hour goal. So 1,200 divided into 1,500 is an 80% utilization number. Well, you might be saying, why is that number significant? Well, imagine if a law firm budgets for 20 paralegals to bill 1,500 hours this year, and every one of them is at 75% or lower utilization. If their utilization is 100%, it would look something like 20 times 1,500 is 30,000 hours. If their utilization is at 75%, it would be 20 paralegals times 1,125 hours. That's 22,500 hours. That's 7,500 hours less than the law firm budgeted for their paralegals. So while 75% doesn't sound like a bad number for a grade, when you're looking at paralegal utilization, you want yours to be at 100% or more. Let's imagine if the numbers were that low, at some point you would have to say as a manager, well, you know, do we have to consider downsizing? 
if none of our paralegals are anywhere near 80% utilization, we've got at least, you know, in that example, if you had 20 paralegals, we've got at least two or three too many, because then we could redistribute that those paralegals work to the remaining 17 or 18 paralegals. When I was a paralegal manager, the utilization number was the first indicator to me that something was wrong. It could be a few different things, like the attorneys were reluctant to give that paralegal their work. Now, that could be a whole variety of reasons and could be its own episode by itself, because it could be things like, is it that the attorney is not clear what the paralegal is capable of doing? Are they hoarding the work? Are they getting bad work product? The list could go on. Do they just not know how to utilize a paralegal? That's what I see a lot. Or I'd see that maybe the paralegal wasn't capturing all of their time. The work was being done, but the utilization number was low because the paralegal was ghosting some of their billable hours. In other words, billable work that was done that just disappeared before it ever made it into the timekeeping system. Or maybe we were overstaffed on that team. Or maybe it was a productivity issue, which I'll talk about in a minute. There could be many other reasons, but either way, it had to be looked into because low utilization was a key number that told me something's not right. We're either overstaffed, productivity issue, something's not working right on that team. That's why utilization is so important. So you might be asking, well, if my number is low, how do I improve that? Well, you have to increase your billable hours. Easier said than done, right? If you're a manager or an attorney listening to this episode, I can tell you the one thing that doesn't work is telling someone to just bill more hours. Okay, so you need to get your billable hours up. I'll give you one of the many things that I cover in our billable hour bootcamp. This one thing might help you. And it's the one thing that I see most often, and that is deciding for yourself whether or not the amount of time you spent on something is reasonable or not. Unless you're the billing partner, it's not up to you to determine what the client will pay for and what is reasonable. As a timekeeper, your role is to accurately record your time. Now, I'm not saying there are not times where the amount of time you spent was too much, but when that happens, that's where you communicate with the billing partner. If it was something out of control, like the vendor messed something up and you had to fix it, that very well may still be billable at the whole amount of time. Maybe it was the client's vendor. Compare that to something that maybe you made a mistake on. Let's say you're putting together trial notebooks and you made a mistake that you didn't realize until you were halfway through a five-hour project. Now you have to go back and redo that first half of the project, which adds two to three hours to it. That's something that the billing partner needs to decide whether or not it gets billed. But when we're just talking about a difference of a point one or a point two, it's not up to you. It's up to the billing partner. Okay, let's move on to realization. What is realization? Well, we all know the basic word realization, and it's kind of the same really within the numbers system because realization is how much did the firm realize in collections compared to the value that was input into the system? So paralegal realization is the percentage of your recorded time that stays on the bill and is paid by the client versus the amount of time that you entered into the billing system. For example, 
If $2,000 worth of your time is recorded into the billing system, but $500 of that is later written off, or maybe the client didn't pay, they wanted a reduction by $500, so they pay $1,500. The realization rate is 75%. So it's just calculated by the amount collected divided into the amount entered into the system at your full rate. So how do you get a low realization number? Well, that's time that's written off, whether the billing partner writes it off or the client doesn't want to pay it, or if you work on reduced fee cases, like reduced fee meaning it's a reduced rate. It's lower than your standard bill rate that the firm assigned to you hourly when you first started. And they usually increase it year by year. So you might be asking, well, how can I increase my realization number? The best way to increase it is to reduce or eliminate write-offs and write-downs to your time, which is writing better time entries that show the real value of the work you did. And make sure you're staffed on a client file that's paying full rate. Now, you might not have much control over that, but you can at least try to reduce the amount of time that you're working on discounted rates. For example, let's say you've got five different active cases that you're working on. One of them has a discounted rate of $100 per hour. That's the max that the client is willing to pay for paralegal time. But your standard rate is $200 an hour. That means for every hour you work on that file, you're at 50% realization. And that doesn't even account for write-offs and other cuts that happen down the line. Maybe you don't have any control over whether or not the case is assigned to you. But if it were me... I'd find a junior paralegal to delegate as much of that work to as possible to free up more time to work on the four cases that are paying the full rate. All right, last, definitely not least, is the productivity number. Your productivity number is the percentage of time spent on billable work compared to the total hours that you worked, not the total hours that you were paid. So you can measure this by dividing your hours billed into the hours worked. Remember, it's worked hours, which you can find on your pay stub or you know it by your timekeeping system, but it's hours worked. So in other words, if you leave a couple of hours early for a doctor's appointment and you only work six hours, but use two hours of PTO, your work hours are six. They're not eight. If you build five hours that day, the calculation would be five divided into six, which is a 0.83. 83%. So that, that means that 83% of the time that you were in the office that day, you were billing to a client file. So as a paralegal manager, I would look at productivity numbers if the utilization was off and especially if the overtime was high. Because think about it like this. If you've got two paralegals, one of them's working at 90% productivity, meaning 90% of the time that they're in the office, And let's say you've got a 1,500-hour bill blower quota. So you've got paralegal A working at 90% productivity. With 1,500 bill blowers, it's going to take them 1,665 hours to get that work done. Now let's talk about paralegal B across the hall working at 75% productivity. It's going to take them 2,000 hours to get those 1,500 billable hours in. That means paralegal B is working 335 more hours per year to do the same amount of work as paralegal A. 
Now, there's all kinds of things that you can do to increase your productivity number. And I'm not saying look at your productivity number like you need to become a workhorse, right? What I'm saying is, let's just say, even if you don't have a billable hour quota, you probably have around 1,500 hours worth of work to do. That paralegal B who's working 335 more hours a year than paralegal A means they're working on the weekends occasionally. They're maybe working late at night. They're not making it to the kids' soccer game, right? So it's also about you know different choices that you make. One of the methods that I give in our Billable Hour Bootcamp that boosts the productivity number is to start tracking your daily productivity number. If you've ever been on a diet or just trying to eat a little healthier, you know this works. If you're tracking what you eat each day, you're less likely to have a donut and a milkshake for breakfast. You want to feel that reward of looking back at your daily food log and seeing the healthy choices you made. That's why the fitness tracker industry is a $50 billion industry. Look, paralegal billable hours matter to a law firm. They have to matter. That's their revenue. That's their only source of revenue is billable hours. And yours is a part of that. If you work in a defense firm, particularly a large defense firm with a large billable hour quota, start tracking these numbers and you will improve your billable hours and you will fast track your paralegal career. Most law firms' timekeeping software provides reporting on at least two of these three numbers. Some of them provided on all three. It just depends on what system you're using. They're usually available to all timekeepers, these reports. But if you don't have it in your software or you don't have the reporting capability, it's worth the time for you to calculate these three numbers for yourself. You could set up an Excel spreadsheet to track at least your productivity and utilization numbers. Maybe you don't know what's actually billed and collected and you don't have access to these numbers in your timekeeping system. You can still track utilization and productivity in an Excel spreadsheet and you'll have a really good idea where you're at. I'd shoot for 100% or higher on your utilization number. That means you're billing 100% of what the firm expected you to bill. And I'd shoot for 85% or higher on your productivity number, meaning 85% of the time that you're in the office, you're working on billable work. One final piece of advice on billable hours. You know the saying, what you resist persists. Well, the thing about it is, if you think about billable hours, we can despise billable hours. We can complain that the firm's target number is impossible to reach. We can say, well, I don't have any control over the number of hours I get each year. Where has that gotten us so far? Instead of resisting, why not look at it like, it's not going away. I better just embrace it. I can continue to resist, or I can come to a place in my mind where I understand this is part of my job duties. This isn't an option or a luxury for the firm if I bill some of my hours. Part of my job as a paralegal working in a law firm, particularly if you're working in a defense firm, part of my job is to bill the firm's clients for the time spent working for that client. And if you need help, check out my Billable Hour Bootcamp. It's at billablehourbootcamp.com. Easy to remember. Read some of the testimonials from paralegals just like you. But don't go putting your credit card down and pay for the course yourself. Because I can guarantee you that if you went to your supervisor and said, 
I want to get better at billing hours. Will you pay for this course for me so that I can do that? I bet you they'll say yes. Just give it a try. The worst they can do is say, no, I don't want to support you in that, right? So, well, I've got some more great episodes coming up in the next few weeks, including my interview of a paralegal who has some great advice on self-care. And we've got all kinds of other topics coming up for new paralegals and for more senior paralegals as well. I'll be back next week. Same place, same time. Bye for now. All right. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.